Okay, we are live on another edition of the Edlow Podcast. Subscribe, 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 subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, I don't even know why you're listening. So, but here we are. Um, you know, these are some of my favorite ones. I've done a lot of cool podcasts with a lot of different people. Some of them are famous. Some of them are not not nationally known. But I I love being able to talk to people who I've shared a ring with, shared a locker room with. And this is another one of those I have with me. Uh, Big MF Matt Freeman. Matt, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for having me, brother. I've been, uh, I didn't get a chance to check the CJ one out, but uh, I will. But I, I've seen some of your other stuff and I, I like the, I like the what you're doing a little bit like the Joe Rogan thing, sort of, where you bring people on that are kind of interesting and just have a conversation with them. Yeah, man. And I think, you know, the whole purpose of this podcast is really, you know, one of the cool things I've shared this before on my podcast is that. I don't really fit in anybody's box. You know, I'm Mormon, but I love pro wrestling. You know, I, I'm kind of conservative, but I'm also kind of progressive in some of my views. And so I have all of these because of wrestling and because of like music and because of being a, you know, kind of playing basketball in high school and then being an attorney and then being Mormon. I have like, wow, wow groups of yeah. And I got all these groups of friends that like, they don't interact. Right. They're just kind of all compared. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I know all these interesting people. Maybe if they all listen to each other, they'll realize we all have a lot more in common than we think, right? You know, um, it's funny. You, you talk about the Mormon thing. I grew up really religious, you know, in, in a Pentecostal church movement where, you know, very strict. And, um, and, 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 and I find that that structure exists, that, that the way the structure works, you know, and you have a hierarchy and, and you have a pastor and you have a people and people back and they're, they're there's problems with, with people in the in, in in the uh in the system and it's the kind of the same thing in pro wrestling and in work and everywhere else in life these things mm-hmm. they they, they kind of um there's this there's this weird connection in all of it yeah well you know what's interesting about you and why i wanted to have you on the podcast is i i, I told you off air i go i know i've seen you around and we we've we've shared hellos but we've never really had a conversation but your reputation kind of precedes you a little bit in that you 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 march to the beat of your own drum right um that's true sometimes to my benefit and sometimes to my detriment but i, I definitely i definitely do think my way i'm i'm unorthodox and pretty much in a lot of things i've done martial arts you know jujitsu boxing um uh, pro wrestling i'm a little bit I'm I'm an unorthodox person in a lot of ways, but but I I identify with that a little bit because I am also because I don't necessarily fit in a box. I also tend to have a little bit yeah. of a, I'm a little bit argumentative with everybody. Do you see what I, I'm saying? I, I, yeah, I know. Like uh, for example, you talked a little bit about you know uh, politics and you're conservative, but you have liberal ideas. Like me too. And, you know, um, I don't know what I am really on, on that level, but I definitely, I definitely don't believe in gun control, you know, mm-hmm. but I, at the same time, Rams, at the same time, um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pro-choice, but I'm also conservative and where the fuck do I fit in? You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. I don't know. So well, I, and I, the thing, I find the myself thing... arguing with people over, like, you know, like when Obama was president, I wouldn't say I was a diehard Obama supporter. But I would argue with people like you were against Obama and really a diehard liberal, but I'm not. 
but then I'm arguing with people later about Trump, and they think I'm a diehard Trump supporter, and I wouldn't really say that I am, but there are things that I agree with, you know, so it, it, I'm really, I don't fit in anywhere. So, right. Yeah, I don't want to talk. Well, yeah, and that's the thing, right, is that I think really when you get a friend of mine I was talking to on here, actually, he said, he said, you know, I think if you really talk to anybody, uh, they all feel that way, you know, but some people are a little more outspoken than others. So where you and I might be willing to say to to someone who doesn't like Obama, well, wait a minute, here's some good things Obama did. And well, here, okay, maybe you don't like Trump, but here's some good things he did. Some people, they're not willing to come out and say it. Well, I think that is because I realize, I think maybe you too, that's why you have different ideas. You can see different, different points of views is, is you don't think you know everything. And like, and I don't know everything. So like, I'm not going to sit here and say that everything about Trump is bad or everything about Obama is bad. Or if you're a diehard Obama supporter, you're wrong or, or, or vice versa because I don't know too. So I'm not like, I'm not diehard into anything. Right. Right. Well, where did, so tell me, where did that come from? Tell me where you come from. Are you born and raised in your area or where did you start? Oh uh, yeah. Stockton, you know, California, the rough side of town. Um, you know, it's a rough town. The, you know, the, you said I had my reputation will stop the reputation of this city. City earned its reputation in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I mean the typical Stockton story, broken home welfare, you know, um, mm. tough kicked out of, got into a lot of fights um you know all that shit um it, it my family was uh very religious you know a pentecostal church um charismatic um you know believed in faith and healings um and at one time the big mf was almost gonna be an evangelist um at really? one time in his life yeah and, and that didn't you know i think um you know um i think my brain and heart kind of wanted it, but my dick had other ideas. You know what I'm saying? It didn't work. You know, you can't be, uh, there's certain things. Well, at least, you know, there's certain, in my opinion, if you're going to walk that road, you got to walk the road or don't walk it at all. And I was like, right. you know, and, uh, but, you know, so, um, again, not that I don't still have my, ideas about god or you know believe in god and all that but it was a religious very religious family went to church Ch- church was very able to go to church our friends had to be in church and um it's funny because i think you know you got a church service you have a beginning and you have a middle and you have an end you have a finale and in pro wrestling you have a beginning you have a middle and then you have a finale and even like in songs you know in a song you have almost the same thing and, and one day i kind of realized that it's all the same how even at work when uh at work I, I i one day i started doing better at life because i realized that i could talk to people i could talk to crowds i grew up having to talk in front of a congregation of people which kind of sucked you know when i was you know 11 12 13 14 15 a bunch of old um you know a bunch of old um older religious pentecostal people that knew the bible well and then i had teach bible lessons and they would question me in front of everybody so mm. I got very comfortable talking in front of people and, mm. and not being afraid. So, so that kind of saved me, you know, it, it, later on, like, even though I'm an educated high school dropout and all that shit, but like, I was able to get up in front of a group of people and talk and get people to listen and move people. But I realized it's all the same. If you get up and talk, you have a beginning, you're building two things, you're setting up moments. 
So like music, wrestling, church, um, it's all it all kind of relates to each other. Yeah, no, that's true. You know, you said some things in there that I find really interesting. So you mentioned you were Pentecostal, but you also mentioned your high school dropout. Tell me, tell me yeah. how that how that happened. Like how how did that come well, about? You know, uh a lot of uh not all, but a lot of uh church people have a lot of problems in the same time, you know what I'm saying? That's true. Well, they can very be. true. And um, so you know, for one, you know, um uh man, um I didn't I had learning disabilities, I was dyslexic, you know. Mm. And um that, you know, they put you you in the they put you in the special class you know what i'm saying right. so like so then you i didn't do well there and then i would and then i'd get in fights and then i'd cut class and you know i'd get into trouble and and I, and, and maybe i found my identity and in, in being a trouble you know being the guy that would and 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 get the get the whole class going insane you know like uh-huh. oh man bro like i did crazy shit bro it was like uh I had, don't give me, I don't want to make it like I had a bad family. I did have a good family in a lot of ways, you know. My mother loved me. My dad did his best. You know, they, we, we all, life is hard, man, on all of us. You know, things, growing up, you realize, fuck, man, it ain't easy. But uh, I went to a, I went to a Christian school, right? A, a Baptist school called Northside Christian Academy. Doesn't mm-hmm. even exist anymore, but uh, my mom was really scared the world was like, the world was going to get me, but, but, you know, but then it was, so she put me, she took me out of Franklin, put me in a Christian school. I got in trouble at, you know, Franklin. I started going to a, a Christian school that these people in this school, the teachers and the principals were really fucking sheltered and they had no street smarts. So I'm going to, I, I'm smart in these teachers and I'm, and I'm and, and back then weed was a way bigger deal than what it is today. You know, like it was, it wasn't as, it wasn't as socially accepted. It was a bigger mm-hmm. deal to get caught, you know, and, Anyways, you know, I'm bringing, you know, Mexican weed to school and breaking it off and selling it and, and, uh, and like, and, and get it, bring, bring in, you know, I, I buying guns and selling them and, and, and I'm with all these dorks, you know, like I went, you know, Christian style kids who are very, very, you know, sheltered, but like, they don't know real life. And so, you know, I'm, I'm showing up at this. Anyway, so you're, so you're showing up, you're, sh- you're showing up and you're, and you're like. Let me show you the world here. Let me show you some you know, weed. Let yeah, me show you like, some guns. Like, but, and they thought I was the coolest guy in the world because they they, they were so sheltered. They went, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and like somehow, like even though I was sheltered, I wasn't at the same time. If that makes any sense. And yeah, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm you know I'm doing that, and then I end up getting kicked out of there. Mm-hmm. And and then um, just never never went to you know never was much into school. Kind of did my own thing. Um. You know, uh, but yeah, that's that's how that goes. Wow. So now, so you eventually you get kicked out of school, so you you drop out, and then uh, where where in this story? Well, let me back up. So you said you your your family, your mom loved you, your dad did his best, but things were kind of broken. What do you mean by that? I mean, no, they you know, uh, well, you know, my mom uh, who passed away recently. You know, God bless her. About three or four months ago, I lost my mother. And you oh, know, nothing, you know, yeah, man. But uh, but I I don't mind talking about things. I'm I'm pretty open for the most part. Um, I I was the thing that tricked my old man into marrying my mom, sort of. You know, mm. like you know, like back then, if you got 
you got a girl pregnant, you had to get married. He didn't specifically want to be married. He had other plans. They met mm-hmm. in a church, and then uh, he kind of wanted to go and do music and be a musician. And, and he had a lot. And he had a, yeah, you know, he had he had some moments where he almost made it, you know. But um, but uh, basically, he he was trapped. He, he was tricked into getting a tricked in a way, you know. Got mm-hmm. got a girl pregnant and thought it thought it was safe to bust, and it wasn't, you know. <laughs> um, and then here I am, you know, and, um, and uh, so that you know there was resentment there. And then just the music, and then they eventually both were, you know, my mom was really talented. She's a good singer. They went from the church thing to the to the bands and and, to, and kind of local tours and like um, if you remember, uh, uh, there was a movie you might not remember, but it was called the Little Apple, the Little Apple Dumpling Gang, and Don Knotts was in it. Oh and, yeah. Uh, well, okay, so my dad was touring with a guy, Randy Sparks, that wrote that song. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, the, the, the theme song for the movie, the little, the little Apple Dumpling Gang, and, and, and it was Randy Sparks. They had, they had this spot in Stockton they would gig at, and they was, they was traveling, you know, all over, all over Northern California. And, uh, you know, as he was doing that, and drugs, drugs, you know, uh, drugs and all that shit, and then... Uh, you know, there was a moment, you know, where my where my old man did did, did some drugs that cost him a lot, you know, where he never, mm. you know, some PCP and then uh, kind of mm. fucked him up, you know, and he paid the price for it. And then later on, not that long after that, he thought he was smoking some weed, you know, and it was late. Mm. He got hit with that with it again, and it was a lot of it. So, man, mm. my old man just fucking disappeared, you know. He just disappeared. Nobody could find him. He smoked. Mm. He thought he was smoking uh, weed, and he was smoking weed lace with you know angel dust kj and he just disappeared and went on a run and no one could find him for weeks and then uh he thought that, um no wonder why i'm so fucking crazy he thought that if he was naked he was invisible oh. so he it was he was walking around stockton with no clothes on and it went into some stranger's house the doors open and he sat down and started watching tv oh man wow (laughs) you know then they see this guy wakes up and there's this guy in his living room uh completely naked watching tv (laughs) so they put a gun to his head and then the guy realized that he really didn't mean any harm he was just you know he was out of it so then they you know they called the police and then uh they came in you know but they brought him uh you know with the mental health and all that shit and then and then you know the weird thing about that was they forced him into taking some pretty fucking heavy drugs mm. back then, and uh, and, and that really seemed to hurt him. It's a whole nother story, long story, but that really seemed to hurt him more than 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 the fucking uh, you know, than, than the than the KJ. It seemed to hurt him a lot more. It fucked him up even worse. Mm. And if you really want to delve into conspiracy, at the time, um, you know, they were doing those fucking, they were doing they. they if you believe this shit, they were running. The, the CIA was running drugs, was running acid, was running things. They they, they gave it to the, the, the soldiers unknowingly, and, and they mm-hmm. experimented with them. They were they were putting drugs out on the street, seeing what happened to people, and and doing some MK Ultra type shit. Yeah. And it, you know, and the Vacaville was one of the places where they did this at. That's even history. It's true. And one of, you know, and, and, and mental, mental health has got a crazy, if you look at the whole history of it, I think they do some good things today, you know, I do, 
mm-hmm. I think they have always. And um, right. back then they were doing some weird shit. So I've, I've always wondered, you know, what really happened back then because, yeah. uh, because Stockton was one of the places that was, was, that was associated with Vacaville mm. at that time. And it's like, you know, uh, you know, it, it's kind of weird, but, um, that's the whole other sport. That fucked him up, you know, and he never, he never quite got right from that. And then, you know, you have alcohol and all the other shit and, you know, man, and, yeah. how, how old, when the, when that whole incident happened, how old were you? Um, three or four. Oh, wow. Do you remember it happening? Yeah. And he would come in at, like, you know, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I do. I mean, but, but like he was, but for the rest of his life, it, it, for the rest of his life, he would snap back into it. You know, it was something, mm. something could happen and trigger that, whatever the fuck that is. Wow. Um, and he would go into that, you know, where I know when it's happening, but yeah, for sure. It's the rest of his life. He was fucked from that. You know? Wow. He would do okay, then he would get, then he would, then he would get snapped. He would do okay, then he would get snapped, then self-medicated with alcohol, shit like that. So it's, wow. it's really, it's, it's, it's it was a crazy ride, you know. Um, mm. But he was a great, you know, he was a, a pretty damn good musician. He had a couple of other, almost went to Nashville, you know, almost. You what, know, did, what did he play? He played everything, actually, everything. But 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 he specialized in the piano back then. Uh, but he played everything, so. Yeah. Did did he uh he did he try to get you into music at all or did you play? I love if you see me at karaoke, I'm Elvis. <laughs> I, I didn't have my brother is a very talented musician. It just never it never came my way. But mm. um no. Yeah. Well now you when did you start uh in your you know in your life you, you mentioned you did kickboxing, boxing, like yeah. Jiu-jitsu. I know you had a you had a jujitsu podcast that's done very well. Yeah, inside BJ Dam kind of doing that again. We we did like about five hundred episodes. Mm. There were there were times, man, we were hot, you know, we were uh, top ten sports podcast on iTunes. There were times that on their, you know, on on their breakdown of the top ten, we were up there with, you know, Jail Sonnen, with uh, you know, with uh you know, all kinds of people uh that were right. never bigger names. And um, you know, um uh, we did we did really well. Yeah. Well, when when did fight sports become a part of your life? You know, I was always fascinated with my whole life. I was fascinated with pro wrestling, with fighting, with Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris, karate movies, fucking um um you know pro wrestling. And I think the thing with pro wrestling was uh well back then you couldn't do nobody could do pro wrestling back. They didn't have all these wrestling schools. They didn't have the internet. It was real a lot harder to do. And I always thought you had to be really big and all that other shit. So I went into to fighting. But um, um, I think when I when I when I stopped kind of when I really really stopped doing the church thing for for good, I won't say for good, but you know I still have a spiritual side to me. But when I stopped, you know, when that stopped being my passion, and when I stopped, when I realized I didn't want to be in a you know like like an evangelist type guy, um, I was watching uh some guy. I was working at Office Depot, and this guy brought in a VHS. Mm-hmm. It was the ultimate fight. It was the ultimate uh, fighter, ultimate fighting oh. back then. I, the first yeah. time I had seen it, and I was like, "What the fuck is this? What the mm-hmm. fuck is this?" And I said, "Oh my god, I love this!" <laughs> and um, I had a cousin, actually, his name we call him Supercuz. Um, you, you know, and, and he's a very interesting guy. He's a he's he, he was a crip, you know, a legitimate crip, but he was white. But he was actually, you know, he ran with the blacks and all that shit. And um. And I always, we we were always, you know, doing shit. And I always, I always, truth be told, I always wanted to kick his ass all my life. He kicked my ass, you know. And 
And I always wanted to be to that, to be honest with you, like in the back yeah. of my head. So I was watching this shit, you know, and I love watching the UFC, like Hoist Gracie and the begin, the first ones, and the no time limits and bare knuckles yeah. and all this shit. And then I see that, you know, Kid Shamrocks, she has the place in Lodi. And yeah. then um, and then I found out that one of my good friends, uh, Frank Gallo, is another interesting guy who's uh, has a very, very interesting person with law enforcement and, and all the shit that's happened between him and the different sheriffs in Stockton and done a, mm-hmm. done a lot of crazy shit. Um, but um, you know, he was go- he was working for that boy's home, the Bob Shamrock boy's home, and he was going to the lion's den. And he was one of the guys that I knew that was a martial artist. And once in a while, whenever I'd see him, we'd be like, fuck around. He would throw kicks at me and shit. And, uh, and, and so I knew he was going there and I asked him about it. And, and then like, I was like, this is crazy, man. They have a, this, you know, this, they have Ken Shamrock and, you know, Oleg Tarov and all these people training right in Lodi. And I guess at first I kind of went to just a fan. I'm, I love this. I love watching this and I could go here and train. And it's like, you know, it'd be like if you're a football fan and you're playing catch with Jerry Rice, it's like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a huge fight fan and I'm, I'm grappling with Frank Shamrock and, and, and mm-hmm. fighters this time like Jerry Bolander and and then um you know I I I really started digging it started going more and more and then uh I was about you know I, I, life was was crazy and I ended up having a daughter who uh, who had cancer mm-hmm. you know we had to and, and and I never really quite got together to, to have a full on good pro career but I did you know I had some fights and uh, but I, I've been a lifelong martial artist ever since. Wow. You mentioned you have a daughter. How many kids do you have? I got two. I got a son and a daughter. Okay. And, and, uh, tell me about uh, them. Are they, do they live with you? Do they live around you? Um, you know, me and their mom, I'm not, I might surprise you. I'm not, did you know this, but I'm not an easy person to live with. You know, like, <laughs> so, uh, you know, so my, my, I think I, I'm always, I'm always chasing something, you know, and, um, I think my, I think, uh, you know, uh, the, the God bless her, you know, we're good friends now, but, uh, she got tired of the of the chase and, and me not being around and going after this or going after that and this is gonna be the thing. <laughs> this is finally mm-hmm. gonna finally gonna get rich, you know, this is gonna be the thing and mm-hmm. all the other a lot of other shit happened too. And so we ended up getting divorced. But um so my daughter lives with her mom. She's nineteen. My son lives you know, my son goes back and forth, he's eleven. Um mm-hmm. we you know, we managed to put a lot of the past aside and raise our kids and um, you know, she's a great woman and I have you know, the most respect for. Hmm. Ah, I see. So, do your now? Where in this uh, process does pro wrestling come in? You said you're always yeah, a fan. I always wanted to do pro wrestling. Like, okay, so let me say that. Let me back up a little bit. Me and my cousin that I did inside BJJJ with Tim Freeman, who's now a, a black belt in jujitsu, and he runs two Tenth uh, Planet Jujitsu Academies. Um. A shout out there to those guys. If you're in, if you're in Stockton, they have a great uh, 6 a.m. assassins class. If you 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 know at six o'clock in the morning, it's a good time to do it because you get your get your jujitsu in you know before your day begins. And if, if you don't do nothing else, you got your training in. But um, so we you know like I said, we were strict. You know, our parents were strict, and we we weren't allowed to do a lot. You know, a lot of things like other kids. But uh, we were what we did have was wrestling. Like we couldn't go to parties. We couldn't go to to hang out with kids that didn't go to our church, we had fucking wrestling and and and, mm-hmm. and you know like my old man was fucked and my parents got divorced and and I don't mean that bad. I love my old man to death. He's helped me out in so many ways. There's so many there's so many good things about him. But um 
But uh, it, but but as a kid, things were confusing and hurtful. You know that 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 happened. But we had wrestling filled that fucking void, and every Saturday and Sunday it was wrestling, and we, we loved wrestling, and and I and, and I never thought that I could do it. But so that's why I really wanted to do wrestling, but there was no wrestling school, so I got I kind of got into fighting instead. And I remember stepping in the cage when I fought, and I thought about you know the Macho Man and Jake the Snake when I when I first stepped. Put in the, I thought mm. about watching Jake the Snake and the Macho Man at the Spanish at no at the Spano Center. Um, hmm. and, 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 you know, when I watched them do the cage match, that's the first thing I thought about. So, you know, the internet was not where it is today. And so I'm doing, you know, I'm training, you know, doing MMA and this other jujitsu and training with Nick Diaz and Steve Heath and Tim McKenzie and all the tough guys that were in Stockton back then. And, um, and then, so I'm married and, and then one day I, you know, I'm like, you know, um, I, I, I give up fighting and I do the job and we, I get a house and, we have our son. He's like one or two at the time, and and you know, and then and then my uh my girl, my wife at the time was like was remembering a lot of shit I did in the past, you know, and 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 just feeling like you know uh not I can't let a lot of this shit go, and so she wanted a divorce. Mm-hmm. At this point, I wasn't training anymore. I'm in my forties now. I don't mm-hmm. look that good. She's losing up fuckload of weight you know before i can see this, this is good about to happen she's losing weight she's looking better and better everyone's telling me oh my god your wife is so beautiful you're such a lucky man do you realize how lucky you are to have her and i'm like fuck man this ain't good you know what i'm saying <laughs> and then we ended up you know she's asking for a divorce and i'm like fuck i'm fucking 40 in my 40s i'm fat i'm balding what the fuck are you going to do now? You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm, and so I just kind of like, I said, you know, I, I went balls to the wall, started working out and training. And, and then I was like, man, what did I always want to do? You know, maybe that I didn't do before. Cause I was married. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it was like, you know what? I always wanted to fucking do pro wrestling. And then mm-hmm. uh, Jake ended up uh, working where I was working at. He got hired. Jake uh, Sherman, who's a, uh, who runs TWF and he's like, and he was, he was, uh, I was a sales manager. He's one of my, he was, you know, one of the guys I was starting to train. And I was like, you, you know, you have a wrestling school. <laughs> I was like, so, um, and then I was, and then I started training. I started training under, uh, Vinny Massaro, you know, I got my, mo- most of my training came under Vinny, mm-hmm. um, pretty much, you know, some other people, but Vinny taught me how to bump, taught me how to headlock, hammerlock and all, you know, taught me a lot of shit. And, um, but, uh, you know, and then, and then, um, I started, you know, doing TWF and, and I didn't quite understand how wrestling worked, man. I stepped on some toes and made a lot of friends, man. Oh, lost you. Stop there. Yeah. I think I'm made a lot of friends, made a lot of enemies along the way, but that, that's kind of how, you know, how I started. Wow. So tell me now, uh, training under Vinnie Massaro. So, uh, what was that like? You know, it was, it was, um, actually, I think the first guy I ever trained under was a dude named Shane Lockhart. And I think he's really, 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 a really underrated, talented, uh, wrestler. I think he was the TWF champ and he comes from, he comes from Minnesota. Um, you know, I, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. I had my first couple of classes under him and then Vinny was pressed off a of Lucha underground and, mm-hmm. um, you know, Jake went to Vinny. Um, you know, the wrestler trainer relationship is a crazy one bro 
Um, and, and there was times I loved Vinny. There's times there's times I didn't like, and I didn't love Vinny. You know, like. But at the mm. end of the day, I love Vinny. At the end of the day, I love I love Vinny. When it's all said and done, you peel when you peel all the layers away and the smoke clears. I got a lot of love in my heart for Vinny Massaro. Um, but you know, but then there's a lot of things that pissed me off that he did too. And he comes from uh, you know, he comes from a different era, a different time, and 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 his his training and his trainers, you know, were. We're, we're motherfuckers, kind of, in a lot of ways, truth be told. Mm-hmm. And he would kind of give me that motherfucker a little bit, you know, sometimes. And and it, and so there were times I would get mad and, and not talk to him for quite some time. And But then I always go back and become friends again. So he was a, he, Vinny knows more wrestling than what most people forgot. Um, mm-hmm. um, and I think Mike Modest said it a long time ago, back in the day, if Vinny had the body, he'd have been WWE for sure. Mm-hmm. Um things have changed now and he's in japan and he's doing great and i'm happy for him but um you know Vinny is great he's a really good teacher man like he knows the, he'll teach you what you need to know and the rest is up to you after that wow so no tell me so you you get into wrestling and you're a little bit older i mean you're training in your 40s yeah. so so tell me tell me about that experience because most of these guys coming in they're 20 they're in their 20s yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like you know, you said that I got this, you know, reputation. People talk a lot of shit about me, and I'm like, well, you know what? You take your first bump at 42, and then do as good as me, motherfucker, and, and, and then mm-hmm. talk some shit, you know. Right. And it, and it's like, I think you know, I've never. Uh, it's not easy, but I've always had an attitude when I go into. I need it. Sometimes I need to. I just. I don't. I do better when there's a chip on my shoulder. I do better mm-hmm. when I think people doubt me. I do better when people don't like me. Yeah, for some fucked up reason. And um, <laughs> so, you know, and I didn't know this. There's a real, there's a weird hierarchy of this. And you can step on toes when you're new. But I felt like I was, I felt like I'm a bad, I feel like to this day, I'm a bad motherfucker. I ain't afraid of anybody. And, and, mm-hmm. and when I say, like, when I say this, anyone, anytime, any place, any form of combat, it's not just a gimmick. I fucking mean it. And so I kind of have that attitude about life. And then so you have guys that have been in wrestling for a long time and they feel like they have established themselves. Don't always take kindly to a guy like me who um, is like, you know what? I'm going to say what I want and I'm going to do what I want. And if we got a problem, let's just fucking, let's just fix it. And, you know, in wrestling, there's a lot of backstabbing, a lot of bitch shit and a lot of, you know, behind the scenes things where, where people won't do things to your face. They'll do it behind your, your back and play politics and try to get you on books and try to get you off shows. Mm. that sort of thing so um you know um i ruffled feathers but I, I i get a fuckload of love from a lot of people and i get a fuckload of hate too yeah and, and some of the feather ruffling with me does not understand some of it was yeah i'm like fuck you bitch you know what I'm saying? other yeah. the other part was me maybe not understanding how it worked and some people taking me more serious than what they should have been taking me hmm so, so tell me, like, give me an example of a. Do you have any situations you want to talk about about where you you maybe like ruffled uh, some feathers? <laughs> um, I almost don't want to, but like, <laughs> because like, poor Mike. So Mike Hayashi is is, is uh, you know, uh, he he runs the Dragons. He coaches you and I Dragons. I brought Mike Hayashi in to, to coach. Yeah, and 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 I, I've you know we've been friends for a long time and. And um, in some ways, I made his life miserable. He, he has to take for me, but um, for what you know. But um, it was really kind of a misunderstanding 
Um, I was uh, managing Bill Baroni, who's uh, fucking in prison right now for murder, and Stephen mm. Bonner, who's, who's dead right, mm. right now. And um, I was newer into wrestling, and I was I was managing their their fight careers, mm. and they were getting into pro wrestling, so I was managing that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would do a little pro wrestling. I thought it would any, any at the time anybody would would anybody would. There were two. There were two guys that they were they, they were going to wrestle that we wanted to have a match with. Uh, you know, with, and t- those two guys. And, and but I didn't understand how uh how it worked. Like uh, it was we were at Hood Plan and 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 I didn't realize that there was a difference between the, the, the brothers that were running. Slam. So we had went to a Hood Slam show and um we went to a Hood Slam show and and and, and it was a work, you know. We were talking shit about the brothers Bonner hold and, on, hold on. Hey, and I hey, guess Matt, you know Matt, 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 I'm having a hard time hearing you. Yeah. Did your did your car pick you up? Yeah, maybe maybe it's just a Bluetooth thing. Yeah, is it good now? Yeah, that's better. So you were saying the brothers, are you talking now? about the snot? It's, it sounds yeah. good now. So the Stoner Brothers. So yeah, we were trying to do a tag team match with the Stoner Brothers and, and Stephen Bonner and Phil Baroni. They wanted to do it at, at, at Stoner University, I think. But I didn't know the difference back then. I thought it was all the same. Mm-hmm. And anyways, Dark Sheik didn't really like the idea that much, you know? And I didn't really know that. We, they went to a show, got hammered. I mean, it feels nuts, you know, looking back at it. He's crazy. Maybe offended mm-hmm. some people. And then me and Stephen hung out. At the unit, at, at, you know, at the warehouse after that for a minute, and everything seemed cool. And then Phil was on Twitter talking shit, but he was just working. Mm-hmm. It wasn't serious. He didn't mean anything at the time. It meant anything serious. And then it went from a work to a shoot. You know, saying he tagged, yeah. worked tagged, himself uh, into a shoot. Yeah, everyone got worked up, you know. And 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 and, and then so and then some some people came at me, and I came right back at them. Um. But like you know, I wasn't really. I don't. I don't know. I just think it's just kind of. The, it's really the past, and I don't really give too many fucks about any of it. You know, at this point, um, mm-hmm. the brothers are really good. You know what they do? They're very entertaining. They're very, 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 very fucking entertaining wrestlers. Um, you know, and at this point, if I if I have, you know, maybe I could have handled that a little better if I had understood, you know, a little more how wrestling worked. And and, and sometimes I'm emotional. And I say things that I wish I wouldn't have said. And and mm. maybe that's one of those moments where I could have just walked away instead of escalating it. Yeah. Well, you keep saying you're like, well, you know, I didn't understand how wrestling works. And what do you mean by that? There's like, when you're new, they don't want to hear your ideas. Mm. When you just do, when you just got into it, they don't want to hear about what you want to do or what you think is cool or what you know about wrestling. Mm. Um. However. By the time I got into it, like I had done pro fighting and I had done a podcast that got over a million downloads. I had done ring announcing. I had signed contracts. Like I'd done a lot in my life at that point. So I didn't feel like I was just some idiot. And I'd been a wrestling fan my entire life. Um, so I didn't feel like I, and I, I felt like, you know, and I didn't even, you know, I think, you know, uh, I, I think I got a good brain for entertaining people. And, and, and so, but anyways, you know, there's a way to get something booked, and and you could easily offend people and step on toes and not realize mm-hmm. it when you're new. Yeah. So when you start uh, with the wrestling career, um, tell me how it's you know you you well let's let's put it this way. I know that you um, you and CJ Michael Sean the Godfather of Swole have kind of 
put together this faction, the 209 crew, sure. which, seems, which is seemed to get a lot of uh, seemed to get a lot of play. You guys seem to be getting a lot sure. of bookings that way. So tell me how tell me how tell me how that all came about and how you kind of morphed into the gimmick that you have now. I mean, <laughs> a lot of the gimmick is just me, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> I mean, amped up a bit, you know, but it's mm-hmm. it's 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 you know, it's me um, for the most part. You know, the big MF. The, I, I got the big MF name on the inside BJJ podcast. Actually, um, I pissed some people off, and there some people were were um were uh, doing uh online trying to get uh, uh people to to get on board with getting me off the show. Hmm. And then somebody said, "No, nah, man, that guy's cool. I love Big MF." And then it just stuck after that. But yeah. um, yeah, Big MF started on on you know podcasts and shit like that, and then it's morphed, it morphed into uh, whatever. It was a joke at first, you know. And but um, but you know, I have this. It's, it's like you know, it's it's like a me amped up. Um, CJ, I met, I met CJ at a wrestling show when I was with Phil before CJ even wrestled. Um, he was he came to a show. He was in the audience and he had a Bullet Club t-shirt on. Hmm. And I was on the microphone. I looked at him. I told him the Bullet Club sucks. I told him to take the fucking shirt off. And um, I didn't even know who he was at the time. I forgot that. He, I even forgot about it. But I remember him. I remember like we, we um, he was, he, man, he's really, he's a really entertaining guy. We've had a lot of fun. We've, we've done a lot of shit together. It's just like, you know, some people are dorks. Oh, how do I, how do I, I don't know if I want to say the word. Some people don't have a lot of fun that do this, you know, like they mm-hmm. go home or they're straight edge or uh, when me and CJ were really running, running hard as a team, we were opposite of straight edge. Just so let me just say that. <laughs> like, like, um, <laughs> we've done a lot. We've had a lot of fun and we've had a lot of moments, you know, we, and if we were around in the eighties, you know what I'm saying? We would have fit in really good. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 we, we lived the life, you know, we had a lot of fucking fun. Mm-hmm. Where are you normally? Like, what are your big promotions that you work for? Oh, you know, GWF, and I think that's gotten bigger and bigger. They've been around for 20 years, and a lot of people in the business used to shit on them, but like, wrestling is weird. But we're selling out all the time. We're drawing, we're out drawing a lot of people. I'm getting paid really well. Um, GWF, Lucha Patron, uh, shout out to Corey Machado. You know, they're putting on big events. we're, We're selling, you know, you know, 800 tickets, you know, uh, uh, you know, 500, 400 tickets, 500 tickets, a thousand tickets, um, filling up, you know, the, um, the, the uh, nice arenas, um, working with guys like Sean Hernandez, um, uh, shout out to Sean Hernandez, uh, uh, the super mechs from uh, TNA. Uh, he's been all over the place, all over the world. One of the, one of the, one of the guys that like that, you know, uh, people love me or hate me. A lot, a lot of people don't like me. Some people don't. And they were trying to say, I shouldn't be booked. And, one of the guys that said, man, you're fucking doing the, one of the guys that was like, you know, you're doing the right thing was, it made me realize I was doing the right thing was Sean Hernandez. You know, he, he, mm-hmm. he helped me out a lot, put us over. He requested, you know, he literally wanted to work with me and CJ and, 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 and Michael Sean to do a, a gimmick with us, you know, and I really appreciate that. Um, but, uh, and Michael Sean, I've known for a long time and, you know, we, 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 we became really good friends over time and, and had each other's back, you know, and when shit, when people, if people had a problem with me, they had a problem with him and, and vice versa. So, um, mm. you know, it's, it's, a, you know, it's just like one of those things where we're, you know, if he called me up in the middle of the night and he's like, Hey man, I got to hide a body. I'm jumping in the car and, and, and we're doing it. So, um, <laughs> you know, um, 
you know, and then I think that, you know, we, we did a lot of shit with next level and Justin Caton and, um, we were all, you know, all friends and, um, uh, CWA with, uh, with, uh, Jason Hastings. And we've been, uh, you know, doing, um, um, uh, realm of warriors. They're really, I really like realm of warriors. They, they, they've cheated me really well. Um, you know, um, a lot of little lucha shows too, like, you know, um, so it's, it's been good, you know, I've been busy. I've been, uh, there was there was a particular guy that said uh, that that literally went tried to get me unbooked all over the place, but mm. like it, it really got me booked more. Mm. Who who tried to get you unbooked and why? Um, man, that's a long story, brother. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, fuck. Um, uh, you know, wrestling is you know, wrestling is strange, man, and and so, like I said, some people. Instead of being a man about it, they'll go behind your back and and and. But like mm-hmm. I've done a lot, I've done a lot of good things. People don't realize. Like I I I've, I've put I put a lot of money into different indie wrestling companies that no one knows I did. I got mm-hmm. I got I got us booked into venues. I got guys paid. I got sponsors. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've done a lot of shit. I, I I put together wrestling camps. I put together. Tra- I got guys training. I got guys booked. Like I've done more than what people realize. Hmm. Well, so so tell me what is it that that fuels you to invest. I mean, look, it's, I've been in the wrestling in and around the wrestling business since 1998. Okay. And so looking around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, well, yeah, my story is a little different. I, I trained with you, you know, Oliver John, I trained with him. I I know Oliver John actually through team Shamrock 2000 before he was uh, doing pro wrestling. Yeah. So, so, well, the interesting thing about that was, was he was doing pro wrestling in the 97 to 98 time. He was training yeah. people with Paul DeMarco. I was there with Justin, with El- with Alexis Derevko, all wow. those guys. And then, uh, and then it closed down. And that's when he went off to try to do MMA before he, he got his retina detached. So that's what I knew. It was through a uh, team Shamrock 2000, this TV, Bob Shamrock. And it's where Nick Diaz actually got one. It got his start as well. Right. So he was, so, but uh, I trained with them, and then when that all went down, you know, I didn't, I didn't finish my training. So I started training in my backyard, and then became a backyard wrestler. It's funny you bring up TWF. I had SWF. He had, they had TWF, and we were kind of, I kind of like looked at because TWF had public access back then. Yeah, I, I remember that. I was a diehard wrestling fan when I was a kid. I watched public access, and we were younger as a kid. But I would think, I think, where are these guys at? Like, what the fuck are yeah. these guys doing? Right. Well, we. Kid? Well, we were, we were in, so I was in Sacramento and I was doing all the, I was getting all the TV stations. I was getting all the newspapers, all the stuff, but TWF had the public access. So I was kind of jealous because they had the public access and I couldn't get to it. Right. <laughs> and so, so, uh, but anyway, then, uh, Rich Roby called me and I was integral at the beginning of SPW when that started in 2000. And then I went on a mission for my church, uh, came back. And then when I came back, uh, kind of just went through school and then opened a wrestling promotion in 2008. Low we, yeah. And we did SWF. We did stuff with TNA. We did stuff with New wow. Japan. We did stuff with Lucha Libre USA. So I ran all sorts of shows up until about 2012. And then I, be, you know, I finished law school, became an attorney and then, you know, <laughs> you got a real job. Then, you're right. And then I trained and then I trained with, uh, Johnny Jeter. I finished my training with Johnny Jeter back in 2020. One ish, okay. twenty one and twenty two, and then uh, twenty two, and then now um, 
and now I'm working, you know, now I'm working and just having fun so my kids can see it. But I've been around that long and and it's sometimes you can't even get somebody to invest in gear. So it's like, (laughs) so it's like, how, what is it that propels you to invest in all these promotions and all these different people? I don't know, man. Honestly, to be completely honest with you, I don't fucking know. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I know, I know I love it. I know I've always loved like giving something. I, I, I know I've loved giving something of myself, like taking a piece of me and giving it to an audience, taking a piece of me and giving it to students, taking a piece of me and giving it to some people at work, like being a salesman, teaching people how to sell, like give, giving people entertainment, helping people mm-hmm. to learn how to entertain people. It's like giving, I guess. And, mm-hmm. and there's something about like, I think entertainment is a gift, you know, I think it really is a gift. I think life is harsh and um, entertainment is just as important as anything else. It's, it's just as important as it might sound crazy, but to me, it's just as important as a doctor who's like doing brain surgery because life is fucked and you're going to suffer losses and eventually you're going to die and you're going to lose people and, and, and you can be positive and you can have a good life, but bad things are going to happen. You think are going to hurt you. And, but, but entertainment distract us we get a moment where we forget that maybe we have a son that's on drugs or our wife is cheating on us or we're about to lose our job or i don't have a job or i was an alcoholic and i fucked over my family whatever it is that fucks you up when you're being entertained and you could forget all that shit and you could get drawn in and feel good and get drawn into a story and get drawn into a match and, and be entertained and forget about all the fucked up shit you know i think mm. that's a gift and um yeah. and to be able to do that is a gift too because you're also getting a moment to forget about everything and, 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 and you become one with, you know, with, with the audience and the audience becomes one with you. And, and when they're reacting the way you want them to, and, and it, it, it's a beautiful thing. You know, I have to ask you, you brought up something. Do you feel, so I know a lot of people who, whether it's community theater or pro wrestling or, you know, MMA, they like that because it gives them a moment to kind of be somebody else and not worry about their stuff. Do you get that? Like, is there stuff like that? Like, you know, you mentioned some of the stuff like with, you know, you have a, a learning disorder, you know, learning disability. You talked about your, you know, your divorce and kind of fight sports and wrestling being there to kind of pull you out of that. Do you get some of that? Is that something that you oh. like to do? Yeah, man, I'm a fucking mess, man, to be honest with you. Like we all are, man. You know, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, you know, I, I, I really, this has been a really, you know, wrestling is, it's been tough, man, you know, losing my mother and the, the, the things that I, family problems I inherited because of that. And, and man, man, you know, um, it's, 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 it, but I was almost ready to leave wrestling, to be honest with you. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I started developing some personal problems. I started falling into some addictions and they started getting the better of me. And I got pretty bad. I got pretty fucking bad. I went to a dark hole, and then um, I lived my mom, and um, and um, I uh, you know, um, I went even darker for a minute, and 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 I and, and I took everything I had to crawl out of that hole. I mean, literally took everything I had to crawl out of that fucking hole I was in, and um, and 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 there's so many backstabbers in wrestling, but then when I was really, 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 really fucking down. There were some people that were really, really, really fucking there. Mm, like and, who? Um, Michael Sean, Mike Hayashi, uh, um, you know, uh, 
Flacco, uh, you know, Flacco um, was there, and a lot. Of, I mean, even if I'm forgetting somebody, CJ, you know, they came to my mom's funeral, and uh, CJ and his mother, and and Mike Hayashi, and and um and, and Giga, you know, they they showed up, and 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 they and, and they helped me out with my brother, and dropped some cash, and and you know, and that really it made me not want to quit wrestling, and um and, and so like. Life is really stressful right now, man. <laughs> every day, every day is a challenge. But when I'm wrestling, you know, you know, uh, it all goes away. Yeah. Well, you know, I can tell you, you know, and you know this. I mean, you, you and I are the same. Uh, look, I don't know exactly how old you are, but we're pretty close. I would imagine. I'm 49. Okay. Well, I'm 40. I'm almost 43, so we're not that far uh-huh. off from each other. And the thing is, is what I've known in my life in those times that are dark, those times that are rough, they could be weeks months even years but it's peaks and valleys man the the sun will yeah. shine again and uh so yeah i mean have you noticed that in your life i mean it sounds like you've oh. had some tragedy but you've also had some great stuff yeah man the, the tragedy you know they make you they make you stronger even even losing my mom in some ways it's a wound that never heals but you gain some strength and you grow up in a way that you never realized you'd ever grow up you know and um yeah um I definitely, yeah, peaks and I like, man, I'm a, I'm a toxic kid that nobody ever fucking believed in, you know. So like, just me being where I'm at, you know, is a testament to something. But um, and, and when you say when you say that, well, being what, why, why, let me stop you right there. When you say being where you're at, what are, what do you mean? Like, what successes have I mean, you seen in your life? Like, you know, I went from being a nobody to learning how to make making some decent money, not rich, but doing better than anyone ever thought I would do. You get in a nice place, getting a wrestling school, you know, um, you know, helping people out, um, doing a podcast. I got over a million downloads, you know, uh, getting in a ring and fighting, doing pro wrestling, you know, being a sales manager, helping people learn how to sell, learning how to sell. Like, uh, um, you know, um, uh, that's, you know, uh, some cool shit, you know, that nobody would have thought I would have done. What, what do you sell? Um, I almost don't want to say, man, I don't, I don't want to link, I, I you know, um, I, I do some crazy character shit and the further I keep my job from, um, uh, okay, from, that's fine. From, we'll keep that. We'll keep that in the wraps. That's not a problem. So know, but like, I really want to keep that distance and that, and that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So but it doesn't matter what I sell. If you can sell one thing, you can sell anything. No, that's you know true. That is true. It doesn't matter what you're selling. Yeah. Yeah. So. Now with all this, uh, you know, you, you're, you're wrestling, you've, you've made a life for yourself. I know it's been a little, some, some tough times, but you're going through them. So now what's next? You know, um, I don't know. Number one, I don't know actually, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm still going, I'm, I'm, I'm boxing, you know, I, I, I got a three round boxing thing coming up, uh, in February 25th in series. Hmm. Um, for a little smoke sesh, you know, if you're following me on uh, Instagram, there's more information on that. You know, I'm doing more pro wrestling. We got the 209 Dragons Den that's starting to blow up. Um, I, I'm hoping to win this, you know, and see where it goes and maybe looking to do some bare knuckle fights, more mm-hmm. pro wrestling. Um, you know, um, we'll see what happens. Mm, man. So, you know, with the last uh, little while we have, I wanted to ask you, uh, I ask everybody three questions. What would you say of all the things that you've done is, would you consider your biggest success in life? Yeah. 
Um, success. That's a good, what, you know, I never consider, I really don't consider myself success yet, but, um, I guess, you know, uh, being a father, I guess, you know, you know, would mm. be number one, like mm. not, not totally fucking that up, you know, like, right. um, being a father, but besides children, um, well, tell me more about that. Like, what do you tell me what your children mean to you? I mean, they, you know, the, the you know, the reason why I keep going, the reason why I pulled myself out of the pit that I was in, the reason why I, I'm still, you know, doing everything I can to, to, to move on and, and, and to get up and to, and to be strong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they mean everything, you know, I mean more than Does anything you- else. Do your son, does your son ever come and watch you wrestle or your daughter? Yeah, yeah. My my daughter doesn't, he's not into it as much as he came before. My son comes mm-hmm. a lot. He, he even sells t-shirts for me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, um, you know, uh, they, they mean a lot. They, they mean more than, you know, they, nothing means more than them. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say is your biggest failure in life and what did you learn from it? Man, the biggest um i mean i failed i failed miserably at marriage you know i think maybe that would be um what i learned from that um fuck bro i don't know if i i don't know what i learned bro from that one um you know i learned uh hey, wait, give me one second um we're out of light here anyways um i learned uh that uh you never know. I, what I learned from that is you never know which direction life might take you in. You know, mm-hmm. um, you never know. One minute you'll, your life is normal, and the next minute it isn't. And you, we go, we know. Sometimes you don't recognize that you're living in a moment that's not going to last. And so enjoy mm-hmm. that, enjoy that moment for everything you can get out of it, because you never know when everything is going to change. Yeah, that's true. It's funny. It's it's a crazy moment when your life is one way, and then all of a sudden your life is completely different, and you got to yeah. adjust. That's tough. Yeah. So yeah. now with with all that, you know, you've gone through this. Would you ever see yourself getting married again? Oh man, dude, I don't know. Um, that's <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, hold yeah. on, me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Let's say I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You know, yeah. I have, you know, so, um, I I wouldn't want to say who, but I do have someone in my life. You know, um, you know, who's amazing. Um, I'm very, 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 very much amazing, and and I know I'm very. She's listening. I'm a very, 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 extremely, you know, hard person to to live with. But um, you know, like life has been rough. We both we both been through a lot of crazy shit lately with 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 our families and and and. and 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 my mother and 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 my and and all the responsibility that I've inherited with that, you know, um, she like a, she's like a wife to me, but you know, actually putting it, I don't know if I believe in the, uh, I don't know if I believe in the structure of it the way that it is, but I, she's definitely my life partner, you know. She stuck around, seen me at my worst, knows me at my worst, you know, and, and still still here, so you know. Um, <laughs> You know, something you asked me, you mentioned earlier, you talked about, well, you don't, you, you stopped going to formal church, but you still believe in God. Do you still have a kind of a Christian, uh, Judeo-Christian yeah, faith? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't, I just think it's, 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 it's uh, yeah, I believe, I, I believe in, yeah, God. I, for me, I believe in Jesus, but I, I, I don't know if everybody has to, I don't know, I'm not going to say that, you know, maybe there are other ways, I don't know, but I believe in, um, I believe in the Ten Commandments, you know. 
I believe in forgiveness. I believe, I believe that, uh, we're all saved by grace, you know, and, and I believe God created the world. And, 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 and at the end of the day, the, the only person that I have to fear is God. And I'll, uh, like, I, I'll fear no man, you know, and the only person I, 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 I will person or thing or whatever the fuck you want to call him or it or whatever. That's, that's what I bow my knee to. Wow. Okay. So last question I ask everybody, and that is, um, you know, one day you're going to pass away. And when you do, there'll be a funeral and uh, someone, someone will give you a eulogy. What do you hope the one thing that someone says in your eulogy? Live every, live, you know, I, I, you know, um, I, I, I did it my way. I lived life the way I wanted to. Um, I got knocked down, but I got back up, you know, uh, I, I never stayed down. If as long as there's breath in me, I'm going to fight, you know, I'm going to get back up and fight until I can't fight anymore. Um, just a fucking tough kid from Stockton who wouldn't give up. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, man, it, it's been interesting. What I, what I love about having a podcast like this is I get an opportunity to learn yeah. from everybody. There's so many different personalities in pro wrestling, and it's cool to hear your story and see where you came from and kind of understand. Wrestling means something different to everybody, and it's so interesting yeah. to hear your story and see what it meant to you. And uh, so tell me, where can people find you? Um, first of all, I want to plug the 209 Click Cast. You know, I'm doing now with, uh, with Michael Sean uh, at the uh, Smokers Lounge studio. Um, we, we just had on um, we, 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 we just had on the, the Body Donnas. Um, um, but before that, we had uh, Tommy Wildfire Rich. We had Missy Hyatt on the show. Um, you know, check that out. Uh, also, I want to plug Inside BJJ. You know, if you want to, those two podcasts I'm doing again. Um, uh, big MF 209 on Instagram, find me on Facebook inside BJJ Matt on Twitter, but pretty much Instagram and Facebook is, is how to find out what, what I'm doing or what I'm doing next. Uh, 209 drag is in in Lodi, California. Every two, every Wednesday and Thursday, coach Mike Hayashi is teaching class. We also got Michael Sean. We bring in guest coaches sometimes like we brought in last month, uh, Bobby, um, Bobby Hart. Um, you know, so, uh, and, and if you, you know, I teach some kids self-defense, you know, I'm very good at, uh, I am very, I could see your kid how to defend himself and not get expelled or catch a case. You know, mm, um, mm. I think I offer, I think I could really offer anyone who wants to teach their, their kids how to defend and not, you know, and not really hurt, but also not get hurt. Mm. Um, you know, I do, I do some self-defense classes for people. Um, uh, you know, um, I, I could teach, you know, jujitsu, boxing, um, you know, I do, I do shit like that as well. But um, but uh, you know, two or nine click cast. I I, I really believe in that. I I believe I'm a good inner. You know, uh, I believe in that. And uh, maybe I'll have you on sometime. I'll, I'll ask you some of these same questions. Yeah, but, man, um, do it. But uh, I'm I'm always down. The last the last show we had on, I just drew a blank. You know, I've been hitting the head a lot of times. But Tom Pritchard, you know, each down on Doctor Tom Pritchard. So um, oh wow, nice. Yeah, you know, on on uh, you know, you, you could check us out. You could uh, find find me on Spotify for the that those two podcasts. You know, right. inside BJJ, we've had from we've had Mike Tyson, um, we've had Freddie Freddie Prince Jr., Sean Patrick Flannery, Hickson Gracie. Um, you know, we, we we've gotten over a million downloads. You know, we we really we're, you know we, we've done a lot. You know, I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, no, you should be. So we'll ride on, man. Well, it's been a pleasure for those of you who've been listening. Subscribe, follow Big MF Matt Freeman. His podcast is Wrestling, and uh, Matt, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Nice, fun talking to you. Yeah, for sure.